Well, you've just listened to that um, beautiful hymn, uh, traditional hymn, uh, We Three Kings, and um, um, it uh, opens the door for us, if you like, to speak a little bit about one of the feasts we have celebrated just recently, the Epiphany, that is the manifestation or the revelation of Jesus Christ as the Saviour of all the nations. He's not only the Messiah who came for the Jewish people whom they awaited, but he is the light of the world who came to save us all. And looking at St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, now I would say to you at the beginning of the year, um, during these programs, please God with God's help, uh, during the course of this year, always on a Thursday, um, uh, if you do have a Bible, maybe you might have it, and if you can have it close to you, because I'm going to be jumping around in the Bible, inviting you to look at certain passages, and if you have the text before you, it makes it much easier to uh, to follow. So let me read a few uh, lines from the Gospel of the Feast of the Epiphany. Uh, but I will stop in the middle because you know the story so well and you can read it yourself. It's chapter 2 of St. Matthew's Gospel. Chapter 2, Matthew's Gospel, verse 1 and uh, down to 12. And uh, as I say, let me just remind you by reading a few verses. You can read the whole lot yourself. It says, When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star in, uh, uh, at its rising, and we have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said, in Bethlehem of Judea. Then Herod called the Magi, the wise men, secretly, and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He, went, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, and I too may go and do him homage. After their audience was the, with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. That was uh, most of the gospel that we read on the, pe on the Feast of the Epiphany. Just a number of uh, points uh, emerge immediately from that gospel reading. Um, they found that the Magi, we, we call them the kings, the three wise kings, but uh, Magi was a sort of a magician, or, uh, as science was understood in those days, 2,000 years ago, coming from Persia, perhaps. Uh, they found Jesus because they searched for him. That's the first point. Why did they find Jesus? Because they came looking for him. Secondly, um, their science, their research, uh, alerted them 
to his presence in the world. Thirdly, Scripture told them where they could find uh, the king, uh, uh, the the, the saviour. Number four, Herod would have killed the child uh, had he been given an opportunity. Uh, uh, Fifthly, um, they found, what did they find? They found a cave, they found a stable, they found a young mother, uh, a man with him, St. Joseph, uh, they did not find an army. They did not find a palace. They did not find a great musical group waiting for them. They sh- they found an infant, a little baby. And in other words, uh, we s- they saw what God is actually like in his heart. And uh, I would say also uh, from the passage, they were led by a star and the star must continue to shine. Where is the star today? You are the star today. The light that leads to Christ must be yourself. Let's look at those points very briefly. Uh, they searched for him. So the Magi came looking for Jesus. They were searching for him. And uh, out of that, I would draw the conclusion, today, in all the noise and frantic movements we have today, everybody is in a hurry. Nobody has any time. Their minds and hearts, every moment of the day, are filled with music and noise and news and social media and uh, money and competitions and everything like that. Sport. Uh, there is need, like the Magi, we, must need, to, we need to reflect. We need to contemplate. We need to think. Uh, There must be some silence somewhere in our lives. We must find space to be silent. Yes, to be a little silent. In other words, if your minds are always going with a thousand projects, you're never going to have time for something really deep that's going to touch your deepest personality. So we need some silence. We need some, even if it's for five minutes a day, can we not do that? Uh, some time or other, uh, a time to reflect. But people, I suppose, are, af- are, f- are f- afraid of silence, afraid of contemplation, afraid of reflection because they'll see the emptiness and loneliness of their lives. In other words, we must pray and we can ask ourselves, are we actually finding Jesus in the Eucharist? You know, he used these words when he gave us the Eucharist, uh, Hobishri. Uh, which we translated, this is my body. And when you receive Holy Communion, the priest or minister says to you, uh, body of Christ, who be free. It can also be translated, it's Aramaic, it can also be translated as, it is myself. We are receiving Jesus himself when we receive Holy Communion. Are we actually meeting him at all? The, 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 the Magi met him, they went searching for him. We need to search for him in silence, in reflection. Secondly, I would say these men, uh, they were led to go seeking for him because of their study, because of their science, because of their observation of the world in its reality. You know, and again, we can ask ourselves, do we look at the marvels and the beauty of the world around us? You know, imagine if you are uh, sitting on a hill and uh, you see a road below you at night 
and you see a light travelling at speed along that road. It is a car. Uh, Now, you cannot see, is there anybody in the car? But you are certain there is somebody in the car. Well, until now, they have got now driverless cars. But uh, you are certain that there is a driver in that light, in that car that's traveling, even though you cannot see him because it follows the, the, the curves and turns on the road. And so when you behold the, the, the beauty of the laws of the world, the phenomenal laws that govern our world, then we must say there must be a driver, there must be a mind behind such a marvellous world. So um, does our study, our observation of the world in any way lead us to God? What is the meaning of everything? Why is there anything? The ultimate question. Why is there anything? Um, uh, who am I and where am I going? So their study, their observation, their reflection led them to Jesus. Again, they asked, where can we find him in Jerusalem? And they, uh, they, 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 the people there went to the scriptures, the priests and the scribes. They said, oh, it's the scripture, it's the Bible, it's the word of God, it's the prophet Micah. He can tell us. And it, then they quoted, it is in Bethlehem, the smallest of the, you're not the smallest of the cities of Judah, for in you will be born the Savior, uh, the shepherd. And so they went to scripture again to find, again inviting us to go often to the word of God, to scripture, to find Jesus. Uh, remembering that when you read in faith, you are not alone. The Spirit of God is with you when you read in faith. And so we read the scriptures in the Catholic Church. For us, it is the voice of God the Father. It is the energy, the soul, and the life of the Church, the Word of God, read in faith, and indeed generally read in communion, because it is given to a community, it is for a community, and it is read in the tradition of a community. Uh, a point that makes me smile a little bit is that these scribes and the high priests in Jerusalem who pointed out Bethlehem to the wise men, they themselves did not go uh, to Bethlehem to see the child. They did not go. So I ask myself, how many of us bishops and priests and Christians indeed, you know, we speak about Jesus a lot, but do we ourselves go to encounter him? Then we look at how Herod would have killed a child. You know, he said, look, tell me when you have found, look diligently, he says, when you have found a child, okay, tell me and I too will come and adore. What a hypocrite, what a tyrant. Uh, Herod was, of course, famous. He killed two of his sons. He killed his wife. He felt that they were competing with him and might take his power from him. So he killed thousands of people. So this was typical of Herod. But how many false prophets there are in the world today? People who are pointing out so many things, so many teachers, and yet, like Herod, they are false prophets, doing things only for their own benefit. Uh, you know, you can see it often in, in, for example, political life. You know, people, um, the, 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 the shenanigans they go on with to destroy other people uh, just in order to benefit themselves. Uh, you know, so therefore, uh, Jesus, um, therefore, can be found uh, when a community, as it were, goes uh, looking for him. He said, he who listens to you listens to me. 
So Jesus told us to go to the community to understand the scriptures. Um, to you is given the keys of the kingdom. To, and he says, uh, what you loose shall be loosed and what you bound shall be bound. So Jesus established a church to lead people to understand the scriptures. Since the Reformation, we have now 27,000 different churches throughout the world, all disagreeing about the simplest things in the world in the scripture. So far, faith is found, the truth is found within a community of faith. Remember when Thomas the Apostle was missing after the resurrection, he did not believe that Jesus was risen. Next Sunday, he was with the other apostles and he found Jesus. Now, of course, Herod, there's many other uh, uh, tyrants and false prophets like drugs and ambition and so on. And then they found Jesus in a stable showing the simplicity of God, the transparency of God, the approachability of God, the accessibility of God. He has come for all, for the poorest of people, for sinners, for the weak, for the old, for the dying. He has come for all, this little baby. Remember as you contemplate uh, Contemplate that baby in Mary's arms or in the manger in Bethlehem. Look at his hands. His hands will be nailed to the cross in order to, uh, to, uh, to, re to release us from our sins. His heart will be pierced. His eyes will look with compassion on the world. His words will be the light of the world. And his death will be the salvation of the world. And um, this child has come and these kings who are pagans, that is Gentiles, who are like ourselves, who are not Jewish people born, uh, this child was born for the Gentiles. He came for all and he came for each one of us. And finally, I say, let each of us be a star, be a star, that is lead people to Christ. Uh, parents, or catechists, priests. Christians, let us lead people to Christ. Let me just read a beautiful passage from Pope Francis, uh, pointing out that we are together the light. All of us together are the light. Uh, we are the star still shining. And the Pope reminds us that all of us are, uh, are called for this. So I'm reading from The Joy of the Gospel where the Pope points out that all of us are the light of Christ in the world. The Pope says, In virtue of our baptism, all the members of the people of God have become missionary disciples. All the baptized, whatever their position in the church or their level of instruction in the faith, are agents of evangelization. And it would be insufficient to envisage a plan of evangelization to be carried out by professionals, while the rest of the faithful would simply be uh, passive recipients. So therefore, uh, uh, all of us are the mission of the church. It's not just for a few professionals, meaning priests or somebody like that. It's for everybody. The new evangelization calls for personal involvement on the part of each of the baptized, the Pope says. Every Christian is challenged, here and now, to be actively engaged in evangelization. The Pope says, indeed, anyone who has truly experienced God's saving love does not need much time or lengthy training to go out and proclaim that love. Every Christian is a missionary to the extent that he or she has encountered the love of God in Christ Jesus. 
Uh, if we are not convinced, let us look at those first disciples who immediately after encountering, encountering the gaze of Jesus went forth to proclaim joyfully, we have found the Messiah. John chapter 1. The Samaritan woman became a missionary immediately after speaking with Jesus and many Samaritans came to believe in him because of the woman's testimony. So too, St. Paul, after his encounter with Jesus Christ, immediately proclaimed him as you find in Acts chapter 9. So what are we waiting for, the Pope says. Let us listen now to our next uh, piece of music which will be Nkosi Bek Ibandalak. Thank you very much. There are so many beautiful stories linked with Epiphany. I want to tell you one story. Uh, it's a beautiful story. There is a legend that says there were not three but four Magi. Actually, we, we, we say there are three Magi because there were three gifts, but we don't know how many Magi there actually were. But anyway, um, there's a, this is a story now that people have made over the years that there was a fourth Magi, Magus. The name of, his, the, of the fourth one was Artaban. He too saw the star and decided to follow him, taking with him uh, precious stones, a sapphire, a ruby and a pearl as gifts for the new king. So Artaban, the fourth magi, wanted to bring gifts also to the king. Um, his three friends were waiting for him at an agreed spot. However, on the way there, he, he came upon a man lying wounded by the roadside. He brought the man to an inn and had him taken care of. When he finally got to the agreed meeting place, he found that his friends had left. Needing a camel and supplies to get across the desert, he sold a sapphire to buy them. When he reached Jerusalem, once again, he was too late. Joseph and Mary had taken the baby and fled into Egypt to escape Herod's killers. In the house where Artaban was staying, there was a, a year-old baby boy. The mother feared for the life of her child. One evening, soldiers came to the door. Artaban went out to meet them. Uh, with the ruby stone, he bribed the captain not to enter, and the child was saved. The mother was overjoyed. Artaban, however, was sad because now he had only the peril left as a gift for the king. During the years that followed, he searched in many places for the king, but he always seemed to be late. Some thirty years later, he came to Jerusalem. He was now old and weary and dispirited. A number of crucifixions were taking place the very day he arrived. He was horrified to hear that Jesus was among those who were being executed. He hurried towards the hill of execution. Perhaps with the peril, he could save the life of Jesus. However, on his way to Calvary, he met a girl who was running from a band of soldiers. The girl's father had incurred large debts and she was being sold into slavery. Artaban took out his peril, gave it to the soldiers and the girl was allowed to go. But now he had to face his king empty-handed. Just then the earth went dark, an earthquake shook the ground, houses began to rock, uh, roof tiles began to fly, one of them hit Artaban on the head. Mortally wounded, he struggled onwards, but he died before reaching the hill of execution. He never quite succeeded in catching up with his king. Yet, in a sense, Artaban always had his king. 
All those years he had carried him in his heart and mind. The king had inspired in him deeds of love and generosity and had illuminated all his journeying with meaning and hope. In reality, Artaban had found his God because the person who is genuinely searching for God has already found him. Those who believe in Christ and who love him are changed. They act and live differently. For this reason, Artaban can serve as a model of faith. Salvation is always a gift from God. God gives it most freely to those who, like Artaban, the Fort Magi, come uh, before him with empty hands and expectant hearts. And you remember that the other Magi, you know, in a dream they were told not to go back to Herod, but to go back a different way. You know, if we happen to meet Jesus in life, we are changed. We go a different way from there on. With these words, I just want to say uh, good evening to you. Thank you for being with us. And please do join Radio Veritas. And I look forward on Thursdays to being with you. Do have a Bible with you. It will help. And so I ask God to bless you. Kitabila haulo buisana luna. Kiaseba hore kitatsamaya kaote daisasing. Hobonana libata babangata. Kikupa hore morena mudima li sheko fatsa. Lisikilatsaba. Jesu kilirato o haufili luna. God bless you. Good night to everyone. Sizobonana ngebike zayenga manda kankulunkulu. Amen.